second, take your time You know I'm yours if you remember that you're mine And when everybody's telling me I have no time I prove them wrong Welcome to It's an Arsenal Thing podcast. I'm your host, Tom, and I'm in the company of a man whose lips are as tight as a polar bear's bum cheeks in a gale force winds. That's the third time we've done that. It's Silent Dave. All right, it wasn't the result we wanted, and it was a bit of an anti-climax after the draw at Anfield, but it's done now, and like Ghislaine Maxwell's solicitor, we have to admit defeat. It's always difficult to shrug off disappointment so soon after a final whistle, but we're going to try. We're going to try our best. We're going to put on a fake smile, sound ridiculously optimistic, and look for a chink of light in the devil's crevice. Mm -hmm. They may have won, but that yellow kit with a red highlight, it was like a nosebleed in custard. It's not quite as bad as Arsenal's new London Transport Ensemble. Um, What did you think about it? I'm, of course, talking about the 220th kit released by Adidas and Arsenal this season. It's getting so bad. Here comes the joke. It's just the lead up, isn't it? It's getting so bad. I've had to hire a kit man and order an extra wardrobe on Amazon. Now then, let me just say that on this podcast, we offer no abuse and take no prisoners. It's not AFTV. Hey! We are, of course, referring to former AFTV micro-celebrity known as DT, or Liam Goodfornothing, whatever his name is, who took his girlfriend hostage uh, armed with a weapon. He was given three years, but deserved much, much more. DT appealed on the grounds of human rights, but unsurprisingly didn't qualify as a member of the species. He's even being erased from his own football team, DTFC. What's that? Don't take females captive. Oh. Too soon. Oh, you're a sensitive bunch, aren't you? Anyway, he's apologised for nine minutes of madness in an official statement on Twitter. Healing and forgiveness via social media. Say, ten clickbaits and be on your way. On the menu tonight, Isaiah looks long and hard at the second leg of the Carabao Cup. He covers every blade of grass and dissects the performance to find the key points and takeaways in American arsenology. I'll be in the gum room with Jay for our weekly therapy session to reflect on a disappointing result. Where did it all go wrong and what were we missing? We'll also be looking at the fallout from the postponement of the North London derby and why Arsenal are treated differently to any other club. What a week! Chelsea lost ground to Manchester City, Newcastle are still 11 players short of a team and the NLD was called off. Much to the annoyance of Sky Sports, Spurs, the Northern Gargoyle, known as Gary Neville, and uh, Carragher, the Human Flute. And just about every national newspaper in the land. It's alright for Sky to change the day and the date, eh? Episode 41 is entitled Three Left Legs and a Ghost Bench. A clear reference to the obvious lack of fitness of a trio of Arsenal players and the lack of options on the bench. 
Yes, AFCON took the only options we had left, and that includes Mr. Sideways Backwards, Sideways Backwards, Sideways, Mohamed El Nenny, soon to be on a plane heading in any direction. It was the sort of bench that if you walked too close, you'd be given a kit, just not that blue one. In Arsenal news, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang was released by the Gabon FA, who claimed that Arsenal wanted him back. Arsenal claimed they had no idea why he came back, and some of the supporters aren't keen on taking him back. But he's back to take up the much-missed Ozil role. The, you know, the one. Uh, expensive misfit that will take up a new position on the sofa in the comfort of his own lounge for the rest of the season. Meanwhile, we waved a fond farewell to Syed Kalasnach and Pablo Mari to Marseille and Udinese. It's also said that Lucas Torreira is being offloaded for around £13 million to Florentina. It's a cost-cutting exercise and it's getting so bad. Here we go. It's getting so bad that staff are frightened to stand still in case someone puts a for sale sign on them. Some are complaining of desk sharing and I even saw one of the cleaners on eBay. The Dusan Valovic saga rumbles on. Bid made, making a bid, phenomenal bid or alternatively, the player needs the summer to think about the potential wage of £300,000 a week at the age of 21. I'd be flagging down a passerby to get to the airport and banging down invisible stands off his door to sign a napkin if necessary. Look, chummy, get on the flight or say goodnight. You either want to play for us or you don't. In other news, American goalkeeper Matt Taylor could be arriving soon as Burned Leno looks to be easing his way through the Emirates door for around £14 million to interested parties. Elsewhere, Everton are on the lookout for a new manager after sacking the fat Zorro. Too long blonde hair and your eyes are blue The only thing I ever got from you was sorrow Sorrow Among the candidates, Wayne Rooney. If you are a woman over the age of 80, take additional precautions. Extra window locks, emergency plastic surgery, get rid of the pressure stockings, sticks and zimmer frames. It's far too alluring. Yes, that joke again. Three times in two series. It deserves special recognition. We just rehash it and push it out there. We've got no shame. No shame at all. Teddy Sheringham, a tree on the mast singer, believes the top players should go to Spurs. He also believes that Madonna is a virgin and in the existence of the Tooth Fairy. After the semi-final against Arsenal, it was pointed out to Jurgen Klopp by a hapless reporter that the final will now be contested by two German managers. Lame reporting. Lazy, obvious and offensive. This is how it's done. Blah, blah, blah. Where the head versus the teeth in the That'll Do Cup final. Can you pass me that bowl of sour grapes, please, Dave? Um, oh, oh, they taste dreadful, don't they? We did a run-through. <laughs> taste it. Ooh, nasty, nasty grapes. We did a run-through before recording, and I kept calling Jürgen Klopp German Klopp for some reason. I just couldn't stop doing it. Um, thankfully, I'm cured now. And finally, it's now against the law to refer to Chelsea as the Rent Boys. You won't catch us referring to them as the Rent Boys anymore on this podcast. No more Rent Boys on this podcast. Rent Boys, Dave. We can't call them Rent Boys. So no more Rent Boys. Right, that's cleared that up. Uh, what about Lease Lads? Is that all right? Can we do that? In a non-football related piece, we will be paying tribute to the legendary Meatloaf who passed away. Everyone loved a bit of Meaty back in the day. And we'll play out with one of our favourites. From the land that gave you popcorn, drive-ins, Johnny Mathis, and the legitimate right to shoot your neighbor for parking outside your house, 
Direct from the U.S. of A., it's a potpourri of foosball analysis and stuff. It's American Arsenology. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to American Arsenology. Brought to you by the African Cup of Nations. The only competition where the referees are worse than in England. I'm your host, Roger Miller, and now tonight's top stories. Welcome back, me gunners and me gunnerettes. Arsenal have been defeated 2-0 at the Emirates as they went crashing out of the Carabao Energy Cup. It was a fascinating encounter between two puffy puffer coats as Jurgen Klopp and Mikel Arteta squared up once again for a special hug at the Emirates. It was a wild affair with big teeth and Lego hair, so let's get right into it. The opening storyboard of this one featured slim pickings for manager Mikel Arteta's starting 11. Yes, it was a side and club decimated by the African Cup of Nations, by COVID-19, by injury, and of course by the stupidity of the Swiss captain, Granit Xhaka. This led to an interesting starting 11 with the lone pivot of Sambi Sambi Albert Sambi Lakonga. It was a wild encounter and a tale of 20 minutes and the proceeding 70 that would follow. Let's dive a little deeper. The cobbled together starting 11 featured Ramsdale O Ramsdale, Aaron Ramsdale in goal, with a return for Takahiro Tomiyasu on the right, bringing a big smile to all of us. It was a centre-back pairing of Royce and the Beast, Benjamin Blanco, Dr. Benjamin White, and Gabriel Magalish. On the left, it was the sleeveless Kieran Tierney. And in midfield, a 4-3-3 with Sambi Lakonga playing as the lone six and Martin Udigard running from box to box as the 8-8 is great. Smith Rowe was back from injury and he was playing the number on the back of his shirt as our creative number 10. On the flanks, it was pride, pride and joy. Gabriel Martinelli through the left and Bukayo Little Chili Stir Fry on the right. Up top, it was the French, French, French Professor Clouseau, the bald bearded Alexander Lacazette. Well, folks, it was a lineup that was both exciting, intriguing, and a bit, 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 bit fearsome, as there were worries that the center of the park would be light. But on the day, on the day, folks, one Albert Sambilokonga acquitted himself so damn well. What's in your head, man? What is in your head? What's in your head? 
Arsenal started ever so brightly, and a brilliant touch from Bukai Osaka would earn Arsenal a free kick outside of the area in the Media Luna in just the fifth minute of the match. There were two shadows who would step up, Martin Utigard and Alexander Lacazette. On the day, it was Lacazette who would step up and fire. But the Frenchman's well-placed, well-positioned effort would strike the woodwork. Unlucky son. Now repeat after me. Goose from a Goose blah blah. But in the 13th minute, Liverpool would show their danger and hide from set pieces. As a strong knockdown from Fabinho would find the big, 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 big Joel Matip on the edge of the area, right on the six-yard line. Yes, folks, Liverpool's gangly, gangly, oh-so-fucking-gangly centre-back would finish and ripple the net, but thankfully, he was ruled and adjudged to be offside, and rightfully so. Fuck off, man. You know something? <laughs> no soup for you! Come back! One year! And folks, Arsenal were buzzing in the first 18 minutes of this match. Let me say thank you, Mikel, for giving us a product of football that is so enjoyable. Once again, we have missed this commitment, this organization, this effort. And this passion, we have missed it for a long time. Thank you, Mikel, and thank you, Young Guns. However, in the 19th minute, the moment that would settle it all and settle the score, as a good, good, good movement from Liverpool that started from their Irish keeper, would see Diego Jota skin, skin, skin Tommy Yasu alive. Yes, folks, not many players have had the beating of Tommy this season, but on this play, the Arsenal killer, Diego Jota! I am Frau Blucher. He skinned Tommy alive. It was a fantastic goal with an odd finish from the Portuguese as his scuffed effort into the turf slowly trickled by Aaron Ramsdale. It was an agonizing and painful way to go down. Nonetheless, the quality from Jota was fantastic. But folks, what is perhaps more brilliant, more impressive. If you are a connoisseur of good football, you must appreciate the flick, the back heel from Bobby Firmino. It was an outrageous skill from the Brazilian. A flick that left three Arsenal players completely hapless, eliminating them from the proceedings. What a flick, Bobby. You are a gold-tooth mastermind. What I try to tell you, this country, you've got to make the money first. Then when you get the money, you get the power. Then when you get the power, then you get the woman. It was an early goal that broke the arsenal. It turned the tide, it flipped the momentum, as after that shot a goal, 
Liverpool would exert dominance. They went on to have a spell of possession that, well, folks, it was damaging, oh so damaging, in particular to Alexander Lacazette. Liverpool were firmly in control as they pinged the ball around with a newfound sense of belief and confidence. And in particular, they were forcing our bald, bearded captain, Lacazette, to chase, chase, chase and work his balls off. And by the 43rd, his tank was nearly on E, as he conceded a yellow card off a late, late challenge. It was a spell of the first half that ended the semi-final cup tie between the two sides. And as the first half came to its conclusion, it felt all uphill for this young team. With so few options on the bench, Arsenal were really up against it. And as always, there were two big takeaways from the first half. Number one. In the first 18 minutes of the match on Thursday night, Martin Utigard was orchestrating like a footballing maestro. Waving players on, directing them when and where to press, when to push on and squeeze the space. The Norwegian led by example with a strong work rate and commitment as he played in a deeper role as a box-to-box -box number eight. And here at American Arsenology, we appreciate Mikel Arteta for playing Martin Udegaard in this role. It is a good thing for this young man to recognize that being a two-way player is key for the Gunners as we move forward. There is no room for luxury players in the modern game. And it was a strong performance from the former Real Madrid wonder kid. And so too was it another example of Udigard, son of Odin, being one of the prime vessels in this team for carrying out Mikel Arteta's in-game instruction. In many ways, it does appear that Martin Udigard is one of the leading contenders to wear the armband in seasons to come. Number number two, Gabriel Martinelli. 
The electric heel gave everything for the cause on the day. But it must be said, he could not find much joy against Trent Alexander-Arnold beyond the opening salvos of the first 20 minutes. He connected on zero of six crosses and lost possession of the ball 23 times. And likewise, the usual synergy between Martinelli and Alexander Lacazette was non-existent on the day for one telling reason. The inclusion of Emil Smith-Rowe, it meant that the Smith was occupying those interior half spaces on the left channel and there was no room for Lacazette to check into, thereby allowing those dangerous, penetrative J-runs that we have grown so accustomed to Martinelli thriving upon since his reintroduction. And while everyone in Arsenal world would love to believe that the competition between Smithrow and Udegaard for the number 10 role is a positive, I am not so sure that this is not going to become a dynamic Mikel Arteta must sort out sooner rather than later. When the truth is found to be The second half began and it was Sambi 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 stripping the ball off Roberto Firmino in the 49th. The young Belgian scampered into midfield and he played in a delightful, delightful, peachy peach of a pass. Peach pass. Golden, golden edge chance for the bald bearded captain. But that has been previously alluded to. Like as it lashed his shot harmlessly over the goal into the crowd, claiming some sort of bizarre deflection, it was a oops, I shit my pants moment for the tired Lacazette. Here we are. It's oops, I crap my pants. Oops, I crap my pants. I've heard of those. Do they work? And in the 51st, this time it was Benjamin White's turn to get skinned alive by the Arsenal killer, Diego Jota. I am Paul Blucher. As he burned our English Rolls Royce and left him for dead. The Portuguese played in a neat little cutback on the deck. And the 17-year-old prodigy, Cade Gordon, the young Englishman, he would sky a brilliant huge chance over the bar on his favorite left foot. It's another warning sign for Arsenal as Liverpool began to turn the pumps on. Again, 
Laser. Ignition sequence. Begin laser ignition! And in the 59th, it was a solid delivery from a corner from TAA that found the impressive towering giant named Konate. The six-foot-four French defender would smash a header off the post. That Aaron Ramsdale did brilliantly well to save off the rebound on the second attempt. Folks, it was looking ominous. Arsenal had not recovered since the 19th minute. And Liverpool were turning, turning, turning the screws. It was another big, big chance in the 69th minute. But it was blocked by Arsenal. Liverpool were denied. Moving forward into the 72nd, Gabriel Martinelli would do his best to create something from nothing. As he drove the line and flashed in a speculative left-footed effort on goal. Credit to our young phenom for doing everything he can to help Arsenal achieve their goals. But for all Martinelli's endeavor, he would lose possession, and it must be said poorly so, in the 77th minute. The loss of possession at midfield, it was catastrophic. As Liverpool would punish the tiring legs of Arsenal's young guns. There was another goal for Diego Xhota. As he left Ben White for dead once again. And was able to delicately flick the ball over the outstretched arms of Ramsdale. Oh Ramsdale, my Ramsdale. By the 80th minute, there was nothing Mikel could do but scowl, scowl, scowl. Things had not gone well since the turning of the calendar year. There was another small half chance fashioned from good play by Bukayo Saka to find Gabriel Martinelli in the 81st minute on top of the box. The Brazilian snatched at a difficult chance it was a full-time volley right out of the air. It was 2-0 Liverpool and Arsenal. Well, folks, it seems as if this story had been written in the stars by this point. Curtis Jones would fire in a poorly placed effort. But overall, it was Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal giving away possession in bad areas conceding fouls, and acting the fool. You, sir, are an idiot. A moment of consequence for Thomas Party. As my octopus teacher had come on for ESR, the smith in the 74th. But he would pick up a yellow after his loose, loose touch, that jet lag touch. Saw him lose possession, and it was not a yellow without consequence. As a few minutes later, in the fucking 90th minute, he would spear bald-headed, goateed Fabinho. 
The Brazilian lunge in the air made a meal, a big fucking big meal, meal, meal of it. But it was a yellow, and it was a rash, rash, immature, and stupid thing for Thomas, my teacher, the octopus party to do. Thomas' party was issued his walking orders. A red card. And what was it must be said? A huge risk-reward situation to play party in and of itself. Now let me say this. My friend Tom and I both felt that playing party was well worth the risk. Semi-final, 0-0 at home against Liverpool. In all honesty, the best chance at winning silverware this season. It was worth it to play party. However, there was no reward. And Thomas Party, he will be suspended for Burnley at the weekend. And as always, there were three big, fat, whopping takeaways. Number, number one. Alexander Lacazette's performance on Thursday night largely summed up the Frenchman's arsenal career. Effervescent, selfless, and inspiring in the first 30 to 35 minutes. But then exhausted, clumsy, and clearly off the pace in the next 20 to 25 as Liverpool's spell of possession after the opening goal really gassed our captain. Arsenal's biggest chance of the match would fall to Lacazette. But as has so often been the case in his career, he had neither the self-belief, confidence, or gas in his tank to convert and score a goal in one of the biggest moments of our season. I will keep reiterating ad nauseum over and over and over again on this podcast that this must be the final chapter of Alexander Lacazette's Arsenal story. It has to be a two-year deal for the well-intentioned and faithful servant of the club would be a mistake of epic proportion. Thank you for the service. Au revoir. And number number two. The search for a new striker 
should perhaps be focused closer to home. As on Thursday night, both Emil Smith-Rowe and Martin Udegaard featured in the same starting 11, a partnership that we have seen sparingly since Martinelli's wonder goal against Newcastle. The Brazilian and the Norwegian have, in effect, been keeping Arsenal's leading scorer on the bench. And only by necessity and a lack of cover did we all see the three of Martinelli, Smithrow, and Udikard start together from the opening whistle. And while it did not come off on the day, with both Udi Kahad and Smithrow returning from COVID-19 and injury respectively, I want to see more of these three kids along with Bukayo Saka. Get them out there playing for the gunman. Accordingly, I believe it is time, it is time to give Gabriel Martinelli another run as the central striker. And finally, Arsenal have been eliminated from the domestic cup competitions this season. And in January, no less. And when we look back on the history of this campaign, it will be a pockmark. Our young team could not recharge after the Diego Schotter goal. And given how thin the bench was, there were so few tools at his disposal for Mikel Arteta to turn the tide or shake things up. So then, who is to blame? Who is at fault for such limited options available? Well, folks, as I have said, I do believe Mikel Arteta has gotten many things right this year. However, he has poorly managed the AFCOVID window. There is no other way to slice the bread. However, let it be said, Arsenal are clearly, clearly, clear as day, headed in the right direction. Of this, there is now little doubt. The culture of comfort is largely being dissolved. Mikel Arteta is doing a good job at Arsenal. And despite starting 2022 winless... The trajectory looks promising. But, 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 Mrs. Buttersworth, for this season to truly be a success, I firmly believe Mikel Arteta must attain fifth place in the table or higher. 
as we have a plethora of talented young players that direly need Europa League minutes. And to truly move forward, Tom, Spanish Michael needs to lift us up, up to fifth, up to where we belong. The lift is up where we belong Where the eagles cry On the mountain high The lift is up where we belong Far from the world below Up where the clear winds blow Incidentally, alcohol gel contains 60% alcohol. It's a bit thick, but if you add a tonic and dress it up with a slice of lemon, I guess it will slide down okay. Life hacks for the witless alcoholic. What about a musical interlude? Let's have one uh, with, I don't know, Jurgen Klopp talking about six goals. How does that fit into a song? <laughs> Ooh. I said it was before the game. about six baby let's talk about <laughs> you and me let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be let's talk about six let's talk about six let's talk about six let's talk about let's talk about six baby let's talk about <laughs> you and me let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be let's talk about Six. Let's talk about six. Let's talk about six. Let's talk about. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. Let's talk about six. Let's talk about six. Just a reminder to look up our blogs at arsdevils.com and americanarsenology.medium.com and please don't forget to subscribe to both the audio version and the occasional YouTube offerings. It's time to enter the gun room for a natter. Hi and welcome to the gun room. Jay's with me as always and we're going to have this post-mortem on this ridiculous score. Uh, but we're going to keep it upbeat. We're going to keep it light. We're going to talk about various things. How are you, Jay? You all right? Yeah, good, mate. Thank you. How are you? You had a good week? Well, no. <laughs> I think many an Arsenal fan will say, that's been a terrible week. Mm. Or words to that effect. Might have S in it and T at the end, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's have a talk about that game then. Let's get our teeth into it. Uh, yeah. Not great. Uh, Isaiah said uh, we had a good 20 minutes uh, out of 90. But yeah. uh, there were some clear and obvious issues uh, with the team that unfolded as we were going along. Um, give us your view of game overall. Uh, where did it all go, Pete Tong? Um, yeah, I think Isaiah is probably he's probably spot on. Really, we we started okay. Um, looked 
look quite lively. Um, but I mean, Liverpool, they were sharper, weren't they? It was very apparent that that we um, we had too many players that that were, were either suffering um, sort of a hangover from from COVID or, or or an injury sort of hangover because we didn't look sharp. And against Liverpool, you know, alongside City, they're the, they're the worst team, aren't they, to play against if you're not at sort of peak level. Um, and 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 it was very apparent that Liverpool's spine just, you know, it, it just it, as the game went on, it just they they just overpowered us, didn't they? We just looked, we looked a bit weak. I thought overall, if I was going to describe the game in, in from from an Arsenal point of view with just 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 the one word, it would be it would be weak. Uh, Liverpool. Although they were missing Salah and Mane, as everybody's said, they're, they're still a. I mean, they're, they're a world class football team. Um, and like I said, in the centre of the sort of you know central midfield, Fabinho and um, Henderson, you know, they dominated um, Lacunga and Odegaard. And I thought that's where we lost the game in the middle. Lacazette, obviously, he does his best, but he's going to get swallowed up by somebody like Van Dijk and, and Matip and, and even I think Canate came on at halftime, didn't he? They're just going to, they're going to eat, swallow him up. So, Do you think yeah, the uh, in, introduction of ESR into this uh, format kind of caused the problem with the balance of, uh, because you had uh, Martinelli, didn't you, and Saka, yeah. and then Lacazette kind of holding uh, that sort of middle ground, shielding in the box and all that sort of thing. And then you mm-hmm. had ESR uh, and they, him and Odegaard are kind of, you know, our attacking and creative and surging players, aren't they? And they didn't quite get the the, the ebb and the flow going, did they? Yeah, I, I think I, Odegaard, I thought was was impressive on the night. You know, he was he was trying, he was trying to get the passing going. I think out of out of the you know the starting eleven alongside Martinelli, I think they those two were the closest to being match fit as you know. Well, yeah, uh, you know, they were ahead of the others. Um, but I think you know Odegaard is more he's more effective playing in that ten role where where Smith Rowe was. But ultimately, Arteta didn't have too many options, <laughs> did he? I think he had to go with Smith Rowe there. And Smith Rowe again, he he was he was he didn't look himself, did he? He looked like he was struggling. He didn't look like he was match fit. Um, and he wasn't the only one. You know, Tommy Asu didn't look great, did he? He looked you know, shadow of how he's been this season. Yeah, I've got in my uh, notes here, Tommy Asu, Lacazette sort of burnt himself out chasing smoke, didn't he? And ESR looked particularly kind of off the groove. Um, yeah. Lakonga looked, uh, that was one of his better performances, I thought. Well, I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you, I'm afraid. I didn't think what? he had a good game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still, and obviously, look, that's what it's all about. Isn't it? This is what the conversation's all about, you know, when, when you have these... The way that it's always interesting to see how Jade nearly um, a year and we're going to have a tiff. <laughs> I just with, with Lukonga, he, he 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 supplied a lovely through ball to to Lacazette in the second half, early in the second half of that chance that Lacazette blasted over. I just, I just, I'm just a bit worried. I can not worried, concerned, I suppose, about Lukonga because he he was up against Fabinho last night, who. He's probably like the, the most, um, I'd say, 
he's one of the stronger centre midfielders, defensive midfielders in the league. You know, there's not too many players like him anymore. He's more, you know, in the Vieira mould where he's he's very much a stopper. Um, good on the ball, don't get me wrong, but but very powerful. And he 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 sort of dominates that centre of the park. And and I think Lakonga is he that kind of player, or is he more of a box to box, or is he a deep line playmaker? Or I'm not really sure about what he is yet. And I'm not really I'm not entirely sure he knows what he is yet. He had a few, you know, he's he's good on the ball, but he just looks a bit weak and. Um, I don't know. That's there's, just my, there's no I, doubt that the middle was, uh, it was floppy, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I think what I'm trying to get at, I suppose, is Lokonga for the game time that he's had, that was one of his better performances. But he does right. need, he does need a party or a Xhaka, really someone does. who can kind of guide him and mould him. And he's often, what is he, in his just early 20s, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he was, uh, he was touted by Thierry Henry, wasn't he? Um, who else was it that, uh, came through Vincent and said, Company. Vincent Company. Yeah. So they obviously see something that is worth persevering with. And I think in a couple of years time, he'll be epic. Fingers but as you crossed. say, uh, that Liverpool midfield, I think even if we'd had a party in there alongside him, We'd still get overrun. We'll get around to the party. Uh, well, lack of yeah. party, wasn't it? Party balloons were burst. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a hard performance to swallow after going to Anfield. And then you see how good we were. We were really sharp. And then uh, there's been a lot of stuff on social media about how poor we were. But I think, you know, objectively, as you said, COVID, um, not, not training. Arteta said some of them didn't get to train. And that was clear as well, wasn't it? And yeah. it seemed to me, I don't know about you, but after that goal went in, which we'll talk about in a little while, um, after that goal went in, we just went plummeting down. Yeah. Uh, really took the edge off it and it went as flat as a pancake. You could hear a yeah. pin drop at the Emirates. Yeah, it was it was deflating, wasn't it? I think um every it was a it was a soft goal, wasn't it? You know, like um Jota picked up the ball and he, he had a great game. He's a top player, Jota, absolutely no doubt about that. And he I think he was fortunate on the night that he came up against a sort of a half-fit Tomiyasu who, who did struggle, um, and he and he nutmegged Tomiyasu, didn't he? And and then sort of scuffed his shot. And I think Ramsdale will be a little bit disappointed because you very rarely see the ball go in, and you know, go into the into the goal and literally in the centre. You know, he rolled into the middle of the goal, didn't it? Um, very rarely see that in a, in a Premier League game. And- it was kind of strange because the, the defence kind of imploded. They all came in at the same point. And I think there was uh, three kind of uh, shielding the ball. That's why Ramsdale couldn't see what he was doing until the last minute. He was too late. Yeah. And I think there was one behind. So in total, there were five Arsenal shirts, including the goalkeeper. Couldn't get anywhere near it. No, and and and... I think if he'd have got a you know a clear strike on the ball, it, it probably would have cannoned off one of those defenders. But he's kind of scuffed it and, and put it back across. It was a good goal from Liverpool. They're they're, they're a good side. You know, I, I suppose overall the performance it does um, it does highlight um, even more so um, where we are. You know, we, we you know it's it's easy to get carried away when we have these when we have positive performances against City at home a couple of weeks ago, against Liverpool last week. Um, and and we've said many times, haven't we, not to get carried away after those performances. And I think it's important not to get carried away 
after last night, everybody's disappointed. It's a semi-final, um, but we're playing against a, a team that are, you will struggle to find many better in the world, you know, not just Europe and, you know, and they're, a, they're, they're, the, they're the finished article. And um, we, that's where we need to be working towards. And I mean, we were all disappointed last night, still disappointed now, but if you look at where we are in the league, we're on course to finish in Europe. And that is the minimum for Arteta after what he spent in the summer. Um, the absolute minimum is to get European football in, in, you know, of any form. Nobody wants the Europa Conference. However, that would still be improvement. And if we don't achieve it, then Mikel has failed. But all of the overreaction, that I, and, I, and the, the, it has been crazy after last night on social media, the, the, the overreaction... Um, and, and it's impossible to not take, you know, not pick up on it. Uh, and it's difficult to not fire back. But like we've said many times, you, 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 you pass your judgment at the end of the season when it's all said and done. And we're in a great position still. and We've got a lot to play for, even though we are out of both comp- cup competitions. Um, we've still got about a week or so left of the transfer window. So I think we just need to remain positive because we are right still in the mix for top four and, but but if we don't get top four, top six is still an achievement. So it's not all. It was it was interesting. We were talking. Uh, well, we seem to talk about it a lot. How thin the squad is, uh, yeah. and uh, you looked at that bench last night, and you just thought, "Ow, there's there's no mm. kind of there's no player really there apart from Party that can really get involved and change no. the whole dynamic." In fact, I was talking to Isaiah. I was talking to you as well last night, um, and. I just thought, oh, you know, once party gets on, he'll be able to maybe shore up that middle. But it yeah. just, he was the only option. It, it, they were all kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have, I mean, in hindsight, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, I would have, I'd have been tempted to just play party from the start. I know he only flew in earlier in the day, but, you know, if he's fit enough for the bench, he's fit enough to play. I, bringing him on, um what was it, the 75th minute, something like that, I thought was a bit strange. You know, the game was, it was done. We, we, we weren't going to, um, we weren't going to get anything out of it. Um, it was a strange one. The the bench, I mean, it's pretty, Arteta, he tends to, he tends to put quite a few of the kids on the bench and he never really brings them on, you know, and I kind of thought, I know it's not ideal, we're losing, we're losing to Liverpool, but, you know, I kind of thought when I was watching it, why not just put a couple of those youngsters on, see what they can do. And uh, the game's finished. You know, nobody's expecting them to to drag us through to the to the final. But uh, it is painfully thin the squad, and 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 I just hope in the next week <laughs> that we are able to get. I mean, you look at that. You look at the team last night. We we don't need one striker. We need two, don't we? We need we need we need a, a, two very very good strikers. Because we're relying on Lacazette, who is 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 running on empty, and and you know he's coming towards the end. And you got Enketi, who doesn't want to play for the club, you know. So I, mean, I know we've gone over this a million times, but we need more than one striker. Uh, we need midfield. <laughs> we need you know the squad still needs massive um, surgery. So on that performance, Jay uh, Lacazette, I mean it was quite painful to watch after about uh, sort of thirty minutes, half an hour. Um, would you offer him an extension to his contract? I'd be quite tempted on the evidence of that at that level with Liverpool 
bearing in mind you've got Man City, Chelsea and all that, to maybe let him go? Um, it's such a tough one because he's he's done well this season. Um, like the team has. The team have done well against sides outside the sort of the top six, haven't they, really? Um, and he's done well without actually scoring. Um, I suppose it all depends on who we're able to bring in. If we can sign two strikers, um, I'd be tempted to sort of let him go. But if we don't, if we only manage to get one through the door, um, a one-year extension, maybe. He, he just doesn't score. And that chance last night, you know, when he received the ball, lovely through ball from Lekonga, and he, and he took a touch and, and he just like swiped it, didn't he? Just like a like a young you know, like a nervous sort of anxious youngster who's making his debut. Um, you've got to hit the target. You know, this isn't, Alisson wasn't in goal. That Kelleher's not Alisson, you know, make him work, test the keeper, um, get it on target. And it, and if that goes in, you know, you were talking about how deflated the stadium felt and the, and you could you could see the players were, were the same. You know, there, were, there was a certain amount of energy that I think that was taken out of the team. If that goes in, if if Lacazette rattles that in, you know, Aubameyang a couple of years ago against Valencia in the semi-final of the Europa League, he had a very similar chance where we, I think we were one nil down or it was one all away at Valencia. And he received the ball very similar position and he absolutely rattled it into the top corner, you know, and that's what you want from your striker. You get these against Liverpool who are so, so good defensively. They, they were pressing so well. They were... Liverpool, I don't know if you picked up on it, but they were doubling up on Martinelli. They were doubling up on Saka. Every time the ball got out to to, to Saka or we, we tried, tried to get the ball out wide to hurt Liverpool, their full-backs, their wide midfielders, and, and, in, and on some occasions, the, the central midfielder, they were tripling up on those two players. Liverpool are so well-drilled defensively that when you get these chances, you have to, you just got to take them. And that's the difference between winning things and making finals, the, 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 you know, then the being also runs, you know, uh, we had it with Henri. We've said it many times, Ian Wright, going back a little bit further. These guys would win you games in those tight, you know, those tight situations. Um, and, and we just haven't got that decisiveness up front, you know, um, it's funny you say about Martinelli at one stage I was looking and the back line in the midfield was so tight you couldn't get a tangerine between them yeah. and then Martinelli on the left hand side he had uh, four yellow shirts around him Yeah, I said it was like yeah. him sitting in a bowl of custard he was yeah. just hammered yeah. and he it couldn't get free the, no and it was from the very it was from the first whistle uh, and they, 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 tactically Liverpool got it spot on uh, I, I mean, ultimately, because we've got so few options, I suppose when it does come down to, um, from an opposition point of view, so for last night, Klopp, when he was looking at us, it's, it's quite easy to to plan against because we don't have too many options from the bench. Um, and, and the way that they defended, they, they, they were they were very good. Um, but again, you know, when I saw, every time I see that Lacazette chance, top striker finishes that, you know, they do. Uh, they one chance, one you know, one shot, one goal, and uh, that's what that's what we are missing um, very much. So, um, as, so as much as I like all the physicality and all the work that he does, and uh, he's he's very courageous and he, he's a real workhorse. I mean, yeah. goals are his trade. Yeah, exactly. And if they're not there, then we've got to look elsewhere. I mean, it's bottom line, isn't it? Really. 
Um, let's um, let's have a think about AFCON. Did uh, Edu and uh, Arteta kind of miss a trick with AFCON coming up, or did the, did they sort of think short term, not realise that they were going to be top five, and just let it slide? Think, oh, we're going to be good enough to uh, just plod along. Uh, mm. It seems to me that we didn't really cover the AFCON situation very well. So, do you mean uh, because we're so light? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't plan for red cards, right? You can't. I mean, Shaka. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose you can plan for Granite Shaka getting a red card, but um, in reality, nobody could predict that we'd be missing him um, due to suspension. Uh, I suppose there's the argument: Do you let Maitland Niles go, or do you wait until? the last minute of the January window to let him go, you know, to just so we've got cover in there. But then again, I suppose, I think the story is that there was an agreement in place months ago, wasn't there? So and it, it's a tough one. I think maybe they, they considered that we would have enough to get through against someone like, like Forrest, for example, they expected us. And I think most did even with a backup side or, or players, you know, who, who need minutes, you'd still consider us to have, or most considered us to have enough to beat Forest. So um, it just hasn't gone that way, has I'm, it? I'm uh, just thinking if they saw, if they knew, we all knew that AFCON was coming up. Why didn't they get a couple of loners in? Because they knew that what they were doing with uh, Maitland-Niles, that he he didn't really want to stay and stick around because uh, he wasn't getting the game time, was he? And they no. let these other players go. Uh, that's another criticism that's been added. We couldn't play matches uh, but or a match, uh, uh, but we let people go out on loan and we've sold players as well. But they they weren't in Arteta's plans, were they? No, no. I mean, you, you, you Pablo Mari and you Kalasanac, you know, these guys they haven't figured at all, have they? They haven't played for the team at all. It's only Maitland Niles is the is the slight head scratcher that you can understand, maybe a slight bit of a uh, bit of a head scratcher because you know he would have. I mean, ultimately, if he'd have in an, another manager potentially would have played Maitland Niles for the last four or five games for 90 minutes, right? You know, he would have got another manager, but, but obviously Arteta just doesn't fancy him. So, no, I, I, I think you've got to give, got to, I suppose, you can't criticise Edu too much for that. I, I don't anyway. You know, ultimately, if Shaka doesn't get a red card, he plays last night. And I mean, it's just how many times have we said on here that, you know, you, you're having to rely on, Granite Shaka, you know, and it, we should be better than that. Um, we need more than that. I tell you what, the Thomas Party sending off reminded me of the Gabrielle incident. It was like two quick, <laughs> kind of clumsy tackles, or, uh, and and in quick succession, and yeah. then the red card was out. Now, surely everyone in this universe knows that Thomas Party was at Afcon. Uh, it was on yeah. a twelve-hour flight. Um, surely that first one. It wasn't really a yellow. It could have been a right. word in the ear, couldn't it? It could have been, slow yeah. down, son. I know you're a bit ring rusty and I know you're a bit jet lagged, but, you know, watch where you're going. That second Three. one, I've got no complaints with. Studs no. up, wasn't it? Could have been a red card. Straight red, that second yeah. one. Um, first one, you're dead right. Uh, but again, I, I, it was a bit of a strange substitution. It was too late, you know. Um, we just... I don't know. So weak in the middle. We just got overran. The damage was already done by the time he came on. You know, if you're going to bring him on, bring him on at half time. Because by then, 
I don't know. I mean, I think we were we were saying it, weren't we? Something needs to change. You know, we need to we need to change something because you could see the game slipping away. And neither of us, I know we said it at half time, didn't we? We couldn't see a goal. We couldn't see with the way things were going in the first half. We couldn't see how we were going to get back into the tie. So free kick or a corner, wasn't it? Really, it was yeah. going to be something like that. But even it goes then. enough, goes enough Lacazette's arse or something, you know. <laughs> um. Obviously, the Arteta out brigade have surfaced from the wet groin of a radioactive frog. Yeah. Um, you know, they're all busy on there. Here's an interesting one for you. Guna Nation. Weird it didn't take Conte five transfer windows and mm-hmm. uh, 250 million to see an improvement. World-class manager, not making excuses, just does his talking on the pitch. We laughed at Spurs and now they're above us in the table. All I'm hearing is excuses. Excuses, FC. I don't yeah, think much of that. Um, I mean, Conte's a, he is a world class manager. <laughs> I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that part. He he's a he's a top manager, and um, I, I, Spurs aren't a top club, but you know, he I'm not debating. He is a top manager, and he's going to get them playing better. Yeah. Um, however, let's just wait till the end of the season. If we win on, you know, we play what a couple of hours before Spurs on Sunday. So if we beat Burnley. They go back above them, you know, and then they've got to get a result at Stamford Bridge, which they, they very rarely do. So, I mean, the, the Spurs are also in a in a new manager bounce, aren't they? You know, they, they they're in that period, and that's going to come to an end soon, which I think it will be Sunday. And then, but let's put some uh, perspective. I couldn't even say it then. Let's put some perspective on it. Um, they got out of jail, didn't they, with that Leicester win massively? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's the thing we're looking at. People are getting yeah. a little bit carried away with what's going on elsewhere. Concentrate on your own bloody team. Get yeah, your eyes got, on your team. Get your head straight. I mean, Chelsea Chelsea destroyed them in both halves, both legs of the uh, Carabao Cup. And then, I mean, I suppose they, against Leicester, they they were lucky at the end. I thought they, they I mean, I hate to say it, but they probably deserved the draw. But... They've just got that win and they're just in that new manager bounce, you know, and, and, it, and it's going to come to an end on Sunday. Please. And, and, I, and, I know, and I'm not, you know, none of us are Chelsea supporters, but you'd like, you know, you'd like Chelsea to put two or three past them and just shut them up, right? Got a few quickies for you. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss that Xhaka yellow card uh, game rigging thing that's going oh, yeah. on. Apparently there's some sort of big betting investigation going on. Mm-hmm. I can't see it. Can you? I mean, if it's anything, he normally gets a red. So if he's <laughs> not involved, I would have said it was the ref. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, fun, it's funny because I, I had that in, in my accumulator that Shaka would get a yellow card in that, uh, in that Leeds game. Shoot. But unfortunately, it didn't return 65 grand. It was probably more like a tenner or something. But I can't remember exactly how much it was. Now, but, this, yeah. this thing behind you is just the backdrop, isn't it? And when it <laughs> rolls up, you're going to be on a beach somewhere with palm trees and all that sort of thing. I know your yeah. song. <laughs> right. What about um, Isaiah was leaning heavily towards Odegaard as being a potential captain in the future. Yeah. And I think you can see signs of that or, or Ben White, can't you? Definitely Odegaard. Definitely. He was taking quite a few instructions, wasn't he, through the game and his influence uh, is growing. Um, he would be either, yeah, either him or I've always said Gabriel, you know, he seems to 
either I mean, you, you want a central central defender or a centre midfielder, don't you? As a as a as a captain. So yeah, I'd be happy with with any of those. Right, a couple more quickies for you. Um, I got um, my my regular sparring partner uh, took offence at one of my posts about DTs incarceration. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we just give DT a quick mention. Hope you're uh, doing all right there. Uh, probably got a big butch guy behind you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we won't go oh, any further yeah. with that. Yeah. But um, it's a bit shocking, isn't it? I mean, uh, older AFTV, they're really getting the rub at the moment. They had some sort of racist allegation, uh, sadly, against Claude, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> and now they've got this going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, um, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I think, it's important, isn't it? Just to just to... it's a shame you mentioned the ins and outs when uh, DT's got a big strapping <laughs> fella behind him. <laughs> you, know, you know, like I, I, I've never been keen on DT. Uh, I think he's a he's, a, he's an idiot, um, and he, you know, he's confessed to this crime, and he deserves to to spend time in prison for it. And the only thing I will say is that you know, he's that the whole um, excuse of. Um, you know, he's used, he's hid behind the mental health um, banner um, and played that card. And, you know, with so many people at the minute, you know, struggling with mental health or, you know, to different levels. And, you know, some people end up hurting themselves or, or worse. Um, if, you know, that it's a, it's a serious subject and idiots like him using it as a, as a way to hide behind or or to hide his, his disgusting behaviour. Um, I just think it's wrong, and uh, I hope I hope DT just you know he's a thing of the past. He, he doesn't represent the club. He, um, I I'm not particularly keen on Arsenal fan TV, but let them let them do whatever they want. If people like it, fine. Watch the videos. You know, Robbie. You know, he's he's created a phenomenon, hasn't he? You know, AFTV, whether you like it or not, is huge and. Uh, if you you know everybody's entitled to like whatever they like, but um, it was a murky, nasty little story, wasn't it? Like when it came out about DT, it was um, not the best. But I yeah. got contacted on Facebook uh, by uh, two people that one that's met him and one that knows him uh, through someone else, and they said he's he's like that generally. So this is not a one-off. It's not mental health. Uh, he's quite an abusive chap and he abused uh, a woman down at a tube station. So, uh, you know, we're not going to go too far into it because I don't really care. He's gone. Good luck and uh, enjoy your porridge. Um, well, let's let's get on to the next chewy one. Um, Squawk Sport. Mm. And uh, some fella called Ian phoned in. Sounds a bit like Ken, but sort of not really there. Uh, and he phoned in to say that um, Burkamp was overrated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, after the injury, he just wasn't that same player. I don't know who yeah. he was watching. Ray Parler, I think <laughs> it was. It was. Um, I think it was. was it, I think it was Andy Goldstein, wasn't it? They were. They yeah. were gobsmacked, weren't they? And it was. It was quite a funny clip, actually. Uh, I mean, the kid. He tried to make some points, didn't he? But I mean, come on, shameful, <laughs> absolutely shameful. And again, I tell you what, it does. And I've said this to you before. You know, talks, but I. With with calls like that, it kind of makes you think that they've got somebody in the next room with a script, ring this number, and, and just to create this, <laughs> yeah, just to create <laughs> to, uh, 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 people like us talk to talk about and mention the bloody radio station. Um, 
What do you make of all this postponement nonsense? I mean, we really did get it, didn't we? In social media and the press didn't like it. And uh, Gary, the uh, Northern Gargoyle, came out. And uh, Jamie Carragher, the flute, he came out. He he didn't like it. But it's all right when Manchester United got a couple postponed. Got a couple of facts here. 20 games were called off at the point I was researching this. Uh, Manchester United's trip to Brentford, the home match against Brighton, there were casualties. No Neville, no Carragher. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool's first leg in in the cup uh, that was postponed. Not a peep. Uh, Everton, Watford, Aston Villa—they've had requests. Uh, nothing said. Yeah. And Arsenal were only one of two clubs not to have a game postponed. Yeah. Why is there this seemingly toxic uh, bias where it comes to our club? What's going on? It's, I think it's just always been there, hasn't it? You know, I think Mika Richards made a great. Uh, he came out on Sky, didn't he? And said, "Love uh, that boy. Love why, that boy. Why is it? Why is it when Arsenal do these things? There's like a massive outcry. Um, I don't know. They're just media media bias. Um, we just again, I don't know. I think it's always been like that. Uh, you know, um, George Graham really, said they hate us. Uh, we're used to it. Yeah. Like, let's, let's just roll with it. And he used to use it to his advantage, didn't he? Mika Richards. It's funny you should mention him. He says. I just feel like when it's Arsenal, everyone wants to lump in for some reason. By the rules, they've done nothing wrong. Alan Smith said, um, people have spoken about a loophole in the rules. It's uh, just the rules. Arsenal have followed the rules. Uh, why wouldn't ask, uh, Arsenal ask the question? If people want to have the hump about something, then it should be with the Premier League. Now, these rules uh, for COVID were all, all agreed by the Premier League clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's they've, they've got to, but not Sky know. Sports. No, no, I think they do need to probably look at the rules, um, and then it has to go back out to the clubs, and the clubs have to agree to it. So, um, I, I, again, I think we said it last week, didn't we? That you know, part of the outcry towards Arsenal is because we're now slightly more relevant towards the higher end of the league, and. Um, People are starting to take a little bit more notice of us and there's a lot of positivity. I still, you know, still think, even though we've had a few bad results recently, we've, we've, we've been taken slightly more seriously at the top, higher end of the league. Um, so people maybe are a little bit more con- yeah, concerned, I'd say, especially especially supporters of Manchester United and Spurs and, um, yeah, probably those two clubs um, because it's the three the three of us, really. And West Ham are going for those European places. So I pulled this off social media. You can't see it, but I pulled it off social media. And it's um, it's regarding that incident where Klopp came on the pitch, put his arm out. Saka was having a little word in his ear. And it said uh, here by um, Abbas. And he says Klopp should stop holding Saka like that. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Like some sort of jealous girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 I think Klopp made a a, 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 um, a comment about Martinelli, didn't he, like, after last night's game? Um, so he's a big fan, but you're going to be there. There are two two of our best players, and we need to keep them at the club for as long as possible and away from Klopp and Liverpool. And, Old clip of the Klopp. Uh, right, a couple of quickies again before you go. Uh, Burnley next. What's your thoughts on that? They're they're fighting for survival. Uh, I don't think I've seen them down the bottom that far. Uh, they're always no. around that area, but they're rooted to the bottom, aren't they? They're going to be absolutely blistering to come out and nick a point, if not all three. 
Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. They, they're always, you know, they're difficult, physical, um, they'll be, you know, tough, tough opponents. But I mean, they've lost Chris Wood to Newcastle and we, we should be winning this. You know, this is a, you know, ultimately it's going to be tough physically, but we, we should have enough to beat them. And this is a, pro, you know, a good game um, to get the season back on track with, you know, to, to, to use it as a way to get some confidence back in the players and, and maybe score a couple of goals. Um, but we have to win. There's absolutely no doubt because we are in a rut. You know, we are, I know, I know we've, we've played in a couple of different competitions recently, but we are in a rut. We've, what is that? Three defeats from four, you know, and, and we haven't scored. Um, and it doesn't look great. So we do need to get some confidence flowing, um, get the players back. Um, and then I think, what is it after, after Sunday, I think we've got what, two weeks off. Maybe I think that, I think that's about right. So I think there's a rumor that Arteta is going to let a few of the players have some time off. So hopefully get the win, go into that short break with confidence. And, 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 and again, if results go our way, we're, we're, we're back into fourth, you know, and, and the season's ticking along now. We're coming towards the end of January and we're in fourth. So let's just remain positive and um, get behind the team. Um, what I want to do is in the break, when we have that break, we'll do that special, uh, have a profile of the players uh, and uh, we'll let everyone know about that. Um, we'll probably do one in between anyway. Uh, yeah. So uh, do you think we're capable of, of nabbing that top four with additions? But what about without? Um, more chance with oh yeah well yeah I mean if we go and sign Vlahovic which um, looks unlikely but you never know if we go and sign him and he hits the ground running yeah absolutely Um, without I think if we don't sign any players I think we're going to be desperately thin we're going to have to be lucky um, and we're going to have we're going to we need to hope hope that ultimately others slip up because you know Spurs have got a couple of games in hand um I think ultimately top four, even with if we do manage to sign players, is a massive bonus. That's the the very top end of my expectations. And I think most others, you're right. You know, nobody expected top four, really, truthfully. Um, if if we got top six, perfect. And I'd be I'd be over the moon with top six. We said, didn't we, uh, early on in the season, we'll take fifth. That that would have done us. It would be superb, super. But we need to be aiming for top six. Um, and we are good enough to do that. 100%. What's your prediction for um, the match? I'm going to go a grubby 1 0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, uh, I'm going to go 2 0. 2 0. Okay. Late. We'll, we'll score early and then grab, I think it'll be back to the wall and then we'll, we'll nick a goal in the last sort of 10 minutes or so. Hey, that's a DT, isn't it? Back to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Got that big burly bloke behind him. Oh, that's the last time we, uh, we mentioned that. <laughs> anyway, Jay, uh, thanks for uh, coming into the gun room again. Been brilliant as always, and we'll see you for the next one. You take care, mate. Cheers. Bye bye. It's an Arsenal Thing podcast. Fun, football, and conversation. Right, we're all done here. My thanks to Dave, Isaiah and Jay. Check out Isaiah's blogs at americanarsenology.medium.com or look him up on Twitter. You can find Dave on Twitter as SilentDave101 and Jay as the Borguna. 
Shout outs to SoMD, Brandon Murphy. Check out the YouTube version of the show and please like, follow or subscribe. Look up our blogs at AskDevils.com or look us up on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for taking the time to join us. We'll see you next time. Stay safe and well. And remember, North London is red.